Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about healing. What does it look like to experience healing of our souls or our spirits? I think for most of us, it's easy to contextualize physical healing, right? Because we probably experienced that at some point in our lives. But when we talk about healing the inner parts of our world that are unseen, I think it can be a little bit elusive. And yet I think some of the same principles apply, right? So if we think about curing something as relieving of symptoms, stopping the pain, we're often healing as a journey. It might involve things like physical therapy, chiropractic care, nutritional support. And so in the same way, I think spiritually, I find that healing and healing of the soul can be this multifaceted, slow, takes nurturing in some ways. For example, I was recently talking to someone who is in a relatively healthy spiritual spot in her life. She's been through a journey and um, had a friend that was really struggling. And I felt like, okay, I want this person to engage in contemplative practices and go on a retreat and this person needs silence. And I said, I think that all that you're saying is wonderful, but to throw that on this person right now, I think would probably produce some anxiety and maybe not be where the person is at. And so use the analogy of when someone is malnourished, if you are with somebody who's malnourished, you can't just feed them a steak dinner or this robust meal. You first start with broth and then some simple vegetables, and then eventually work their way back to a nutritional state where they can take on some more and deeper and more dense nutrition. And I think in the same way, when our souls are depleted and our spirits are dry, or we've had some hurt that needs tending to, there's this process that we go to of nurturing. And so as we think about the topic of healing of the soul, of the spirit, I wonder what comes up for the two of you. I'm so glad that we're talking about this because it's such a big deal and it's so relevant. And I think you're making an excellent point with the, where do we start when we're in the midst of it? Because like in our physical body, maybe we would start with broth. It makes a lot of sense. I was just talking with someone who had a hip replacement surgery and they were saying that their brain was still remembering that pain that they had been and Every step was like a seven out of 10. And so they were having trouble getting back to their old rhythms, which I've seen chiropractics do this too, where it connects what's going on with the mind and your body. So strangely, I think my husband went to one of these types of neurological connection chiropractors and they watched where how his eyes functioned while he walked because they could tell what the brain was doing. And so when it comes to the spiritual world, it's much the same, like, What's triggering in the heart? What's triggering in the mind that is going to create this upset? Oh, there it is. I feel it again. And is that rejection? What happened is certainly in there, but the spirit needs that same tending to because of how things get triggered in our body. Yeah. I really appreciate what both of you are saying. And I think both of your examples are really landing with me. I was myself sitting in the chiropractor's office and I noticed the spine on the wall. And there was a quote from Hippocrates talking about food and nourishment. And I thought, oh, that's so strange. I'm in a chiropractic office that's talking about spine alignment, as well as what we put into our body, what we feed our body, and that being holistic health. 
And so I think that's the term that's coming to me as I hear the two of you talk is that what does holistic health look like? And I find it interesting that when you go to the doctor nowadays, that the focus is pretty much on the body and there's a separation of mind and spirit. And so I really, I find this topic so fascinating. What does it look like to holistically look at oneself? And I think looking at the soul, looking at the spirit is super important to our well-being as well as tending to the body. And so I really appreciate having this conversation. And I think for each of us, there's different indicators of what spiritual health looks like or where we're needing some healing of our soul, right? And so I think there's things such as sleeplessness, anxiety, maybe there are physical things showing up in our body that's an indicator that there's something going on at the soul level. Whatever that is that's coming to our attention and our consciousness, again, just like physical, we can like work through it and shove it aside. And then it just keeps rebubbling and re-emerging in different ways. Maybe we have a relationship that breaks down or things that tend to be a crisis that gets our attention. And then there's also like preventative health of I'm going to be doing these things as practices for my spiritual health and well-being. And so I think there's kind of the intervention of spiritual healing and health as well as preventative. And just recently I was at a an outdoor retreat that we were facilitating. And there were two different examples of this. There was one person as we were just sitting out in nature and listening to birds and reflecting on some scripture and contemplative poems together. And they used the word like, this is rinsing to my spirit and soul. It just felt like this rinsing, cleansing experience for this particular individual. And I really appreciated that language because it was very simple, right? Like we're sitting and listening to birds. And yet there was something about that was very cathartic. Um, And then there was another individual there who was in, she's in between job changes. And so she's literally holding down two jobs for like kind of a a couple of week period. And it was like the end of this one job, the last weekend before fully going on to the other one. And this retreat was right in the middle of that. And so ended up showing up a little bit late to the retreat because had some crisis that happened at job number one to go to job number two. But when this person came, I really affirmed because every year we hold a same retreat around this time of year. And so for the past three years, she's come to this. And I said, you are in the rhythm of retreats. And so even though your life is screaming, busy, it's probably one of the craziest times of your career right now because you're in these different multiple job roles that you're doing. And yet you have that preventative health of that this is important for your soul to do this. And just really affirmed that choice that she made. So again, I think there's different aspects of when we think about healing our inner person, whether it be the preventative or needing that that rinse, that cleansing, that acute awareness. Yeah. And as we're talking, I feel, oh, it's helpful to know what damages the spiritual aspect of us. You know, it's helpful to at least have thought about what causes that kind of a thing. And so as we're talking, I'm thinking about things like fears that come up or disconnections. Cause it feels like in the spiritual realm, like we often said in our church, Oh, it's all about connection. And so when you suddenly feel like I didn't have that connection or somebody wasn't there for me or somebody betrayed me, or (laughs) those were supposed to be the safest, most loving connected places we could possibly be. And so does something spark that tells us we're not, or that somehow it was unbalanced. Maybe we gave and we felt taken advantage of in some way, whatever it is, these kind of hurts to the soul. And then I also think about fear-based stuff because so much of so many emotions hunker right back to what was I afraid of, but it does feel helpful to identify what kinds of things hurt because we know if we fall off our bike, 
oh, I scratched my skin up or scratched. It's probably not the right word if you fell off your bike. We recently have been nursing one of our kids' elbows back. And right, we started with the Band-Aid, like you're saying. And But that effect, that kind of lighter skin color is going to be there for a while. The effect of falling is going to be there. And the same is true in our spirits. Yeah, I really appreciate that question. What harms the soul? And I think what immediately comes to mind is inattentiveness. And inattentiveness can look like distraction or escapism. I think, you know, when we get hurt, when our soul gets hurt or our spirit gets hurt, we've been trained or taught to ignore it or just grit our teeth and bear it or suffer through. And I think we have so many distractions available to us nowadays, constant scrolling or feeds or whatever it is. And so I think for me, inattentiveness to the soul or inattentiveness to the wounds that we receive on a day-to-day basis is probably a big thing that I want to highlight. I think one thing that's also important to note is that it takes a lot of vulnerability to tend to the healing, whether it, again, even physical or or in our context here, the healing of the soul. There's a vulnerability in admitting, hey, my soul is wounded right now and I need some help because I'm hurting or I've reached a point where I've exasperated certain things and it's not working anymore. And so what do I do? And sometimes there's a desperation, but there's also a vulnerability in that. And I was recently listening to somebody share their story about their health journey. And she was like all into keto for a number of years and no carbs and all of this kind of stuff. And then reached a point where her body was no longer responding to keto. And she's, I tried every single thing possible and then realized I actually, my body needs carbs right now. And she was talking about the fear that she had. Like she realized, and it was embarrassing for her of, I was afraid to eat an apple because it was going to take me out of ketosis. And what was that going to do to my metabolism or whatever? And she's here is this like beautiful fruit from nature, high in fiber, totally natural. And I was afraid of it. And so coming into terms of this way of life, and she's my identity was so wrapped up in being a keto person. And I had this social media group that I would, we were all doing keto together. And it was this thing that we did. And I think for her recognizing, okay, I have to start bringing carbs back into my life. And that's part of my healing journey. So I can't focus on if I'm going to get hate, hate comments from people that are like, well, how are you eating carbs right now? Or getting out of the keto thing. I can't worry about what the scale is going to say right now, my body needs healing and my adrenals are suffering. And so I have to focus on that. And through that, all of this like amazing mindset stuff in her just started setting her free. And she realized, okay, I'm not the only one that was caught up in this like identity. And um, as she was sharing her story with others, they're like, oh my gosh, I was also afraid of eating carbs. And she said, it sounds silly. Like, why would we be afraid of an apple? And yet that was my reality. But then through that kind of this whole transformation happened in her. And I think sometimes we can experience like something works until it doesn't work, but we're so used to that thing that it like scares us to, to let go of that. But again, the cure, like she was in the cure of, I want the scale to say a certain thing, but there was always this battle with that, right? Cause it wasn't really the best for her body and that healing. And so I think sometimes too, even spiritually, as we're thinking about the healing and what we need, you know, sometimes it is bringing in particular practices or whatever. And sometimes it's letting go of things, right? Like letting go of that. This is the way to do this. And my identity that's been wrapped up in that. And that's, again, very vulnerable, very scary. And it requires a lot of tenderness. Like this woman, she was like, I needed some space where I could have people that would support me without shame because I already had enough shame for myself. 
of what I was experiencing. And so I find that in spiritual direction or these contemplative spaces, having that space where you can say, okay, I'm, I don't even know, this is all that I've known. And I'm reaching this point where it's not working anymore. And it's making my internal person sick, where I've lost my joy. I've lost my desire for life. I've lost my sense of purpose. Again, that's a very vulnerable thing to do. And I think that these contemplative practices and these spaces can really help us on that journey. I love that. And there's so many ways that can end up being true. Like maybe sometimes it's like service, right? Maybe we put it all in service and maybe similar to, oh, I cut out all the carbs. Like I just need a moment where I don't serve. And this can do all kinds of things. I've heard of people using the loving kindness prayer, but only the I portion for 30 days. May I be well. And it was funny. They said that after 30 days, they actually started writing cards to others and reaching out again, but it was, it flowed more naturally. It wasn't this big, like I have to do it thing. And I found myself having to tell, we had recently entered into a new spiritual community and people ask lots of stuff. And I was really forthcoming with saying, we just got out of, I don't know how much, how many years of being the people. And so maybe we can't always do every single thing. And so that's how I came at it from this place. That I'm just going to tell you the truth that I would observe like another person that I know being more shut down, more closed about how they would say no. And I think that has to be just part of our story. There's going to be these little trigger points sometimes like now I can find if I feel like I was really relying on somebody and then they suddenly back out. That's a huge trigger point for me. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be all alone and no one's going to ever do anything. And I have to breathe slowly, right? And remember goodness in my life and find perspective. There's little things that I have to do, but the trigger is still there. Is the re- It's like that scar, right? That little lighter part of the skin. There's this little tender space in my heart that gets really fearful or reacts in a more panicky way. And I think as we're going from one season to the next, you may need several years of not serving at that intensity. And so I think even at the time, going back to this person that I was talking to earlier, and I said, I've been walking with people and it's taken them two years just to get to the point where they are comfortable with any amount of silence because they've just been so ramped up and so hyped and parasympathetic, sympathetic, I always get them mixed up, but whatever one is like, you know, fight or flight. Again, thinking of the, like a standard car where you're in fifth gear and you have to shift down to fourth, to third, to second, to first. You can't just go to neutral. You can't just go to that lower gear immediately or the transmission breaks. And so that downshifting that we have to do. And then sometimes there's an upshifting where I have been in this sort of chill space in gear two, and I'm ready to gear up to gear three. I really feel invitation. Part of my healing is that now I've done the physical therapy and I've done the chiropractic and now I can go back to playing soccer and I'm not in pain anymore. And that's what I really wanted to do was play soccer, but I needed a season to heal again with our souls. Maybe we love serving and that's so our passion in life, but we need that little bit of a break to get perspective and to get that healing that we need in order to continue to move forward. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate having conversations like this. Cause again, I think sometimes it's hard to put into words, things that are happening in the invisible, like soul spirit, what does that even mean and healing. And so I appreciate these conversations that help bring to light some of these ideas. And now is the part of our podcast where we talk about what we are into. So what are we into today? 
Probably by the time this podcast airs, this will, we will have morphed into another season. But right now in our area, all the flowers have come out on the trees. Like they have all sprung alive to these bright pinks and whites. And it's just glorious. And it doesn't last very long. So my my big goal is to soak as much of it in as possible in the next few days. Something that I have been into recently is related is I've, we've been starting flower kits and something that I have been into recently is starter flowers and starter herbs. And I want to do it from a seed to, to growth. But right now I think it's important to just get the already started seed that already has a shoot out and then transplanted into the soil. And this is something new for me. I'm trying it and I'm hopeful that I can tend to something that already has a little bit of life in it. So I'm into starter plants. Lovely. I am into body scrub. We recently had Mother's Day here and one of my kids, YouTube, she's all into making things like that. And so she made me this really delightful scrub and she actually did a great job. It smells nice and it makes my skin feel soft. And so perhaps we have a little entrepreneur in our midst, but anyway, I am into my body scrub. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, make it a great week. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.